Hello, everyone, and welcome back to In This Moment Podcast, and I'm your host, Diallo Smith. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Kabe Campbell, and I found Kabe on Instagram because she was just posting these amazing Instagram videos and reels of just faith and psychology integration and i decided you know what i would love if she could come on the podcast and so that's what she did and today's episode is is about how to heal from people who have hurt you and i want to talk about this topic because i think everyone can relate to this whether it was a friendship a co-worker a family member a toxic romantic relationship everyone has has been hurt from somebody and has been wounded from somebody and that puts us as an equalizer when we're wanting to seek healing or curiosity on how to heal so in this episode we talk about various different things when it comes to boundaries ultimatums trust and just even how to heal and what to do to to move forward and as you listen to the episode kabe will list out some of the resources and practices that you can do to be able to heal so i'm i'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode so let's get right into it and i hope you all enjoy it hey kabe how are you i'm doing well how are you i'm doing great i am so excited to have you on today For those who are listening, this is Kabe Campbell, and she is a trauma therapist. And we're going to be talking about how to heal from people who have hurt you. Mm -hmm. So before we get started into the questions, can you just give us an introduction to who you are, where you went to school, where are you from, what do you do, and all those sorts of things? Yes, I am Kabe Campbell. I am a mother of two, a wife, okay, uh, a therapist. I'm based in Charlotte, North Carolina. I got my bachelor's in psychology from UNCW, and I got my master's of arts in Christian counseling from Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary. I now have a practice here in South Charlotte called the Healing Circle Therapy and Wellness Center, and we provide therapy, um, workshops, retreats, intensives. We try our best to make uh, therapy, therapeutic information, and healing accessible to everybody. So um, that's my passion. That's what I do. That's who I am. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And it's crazy that you're in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh my gosh, no way. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, One of the first things I always ask people for the icebreaker is, what is your favorite soul food dish or side? Oh my gosh, my favorite soul food dish. Ooh. <laughs> favorite soul food dish. Uh, you know what? Mm. I really like greens. I really okay. like greens, but they need to be like the perfect amount of vinegary. You know? Yes, yes, yes. Like they can't, if they're not vinegary enough, I, then I don't like them, but they got to have like the good little, they got to have a little bit of tartness to them, you know? No, the, most definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need I need to have some, some vinegar. Yeah, I, I would probably say mine would be, oh gosh, it sounds like a lousy answer, but I've given it to other episodes. But I, So for today, I'll say cornbread. Like I just feel like oh. cornbread, you can never go wrong. That's very true. Some good <laughs> moist cornbread, hit the spot. Uh, one of the first questions I wanted to ask is explain some of the ways that people may identify have trauma in their relationships and relationships meaning family, friendships, or romantic. Because I think a lot of times 
we can be in community with people and not even mm-hmm. realize why and not even realize how they could be affecting us and traumatizing us. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say one of the number one ways that you know that you have trauma that's affecting your relationship is feelings of resentment, Mm. feelings of resentment and um, feelings of resentment often come from giving people something that we feel like we have to give them, but don't want to give them. Yeah. Like I have to do this to be loved and accepted by you, but in my heart in the core of who I am, I don't want to give this to you. And so um, it becomes this weird trade-off of gaining affection, but losing a sense of self and losing a sense of autonomy and respect. Um, And so I think resentment is so key. Resentment is about giving to other people, not always, but many times, giving to other people what we have not yet allowed ourselves to receive. Um, I think that's one of the number one ways. And then always changing our... uh, perspectives and opinions based on how people respond wow yeah I mean I think that's really good of the resentment piece I never even thought about that how would like what would you tell somebody who is trying to make boundaries and and trying to prevent getting to that resentment point on what to do and maybe what are the other ways that they can identify those things absolutely so for someone who wants to set boundaries I would love to kind of clarify the difference between mm-hmm. boundaries and um, ultimatums. I oh. think those are two things that can often be conflated. Yeah. So setting a boundary with someone is about protecting the person's access to your life because that access is reflected in the level of responsibility that they are willing to take in your life. Uh, right. So yeah. if their responsibility is a level three, then their access should be a level three to your life. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so setting a boundary is about saying, hey, you've shown level three um, responsibility in my life. And so I'm going to give you level three access and I'm going to make sure that I don't put you in a position where you have more access than you can responsibly respond to. Right. That's a boundary. Mm -hmm. Right. An ultimatum is about trying to take someone who has shown level three responsibility, trying to make them show level 10 responsibility by manipulating them by saying, if you don't do this, I will do this. Wow. Right? It's, yeah. Ultimatums are always about manipulating people's desire for intimacy and proximity and trying to make them do something they wouldn't naturally do if there wasn't a price. Hmm. And I feel like the ultimatum piece is something that can kind of like the manipulation can kind of get disguised in families a lot of times. Oh, absolutely. Because, because, you know, we feel like we are bound to them and there's an allegiance. So how do you like get permission when it comes to your parents or your siblings or your grandparents to make like to stop that routine of the ultimatums and start to point towards the boundaries Mm. so i think what's powerful is when we can't make people stop or start anything right that i think Mm. that is at the core of of healthy boundaries is recognizing that i don't control anybody else i control myself right and so we often talk about boundaries by way of trying to Um, shift, manipulate, change other people's behavior. But oftentimes the boundaries that need to be set are really with us, right? Like if my mother um, 
doesn't respond and this is not a real situation. But if my mother does not respect certain boundaries that I have, I stop, I personally stop sharing information that causes her to disrespect my boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. So now the boundaries on myself of what I share, not the boundary of how she responds because I'm responsible for myself, for my information, for my well-being. And so now it's my job to be boundaries with what I give her access to instead of saying, I'm going to give you access to everything and I want you to honor the boundaries that I've shown you, right? Yeah, that's that's really good because I think a lot of times when we talk about the boundaries, we we kind of lose the ownership and accountability on when it comes to us. And yep. so I, I think when you shift the mindset of, okay, I will allow this person to talk to me that way or I will not allow that person to talk to that way, like it's yeah. up to you to kind of make that, place because you can't control other people absolutely instead of they need to stop doing this it's what what, why do i keep giving them access to do goodness place yes and so outside of family do you Mm -hmm. see this a lot with romantic relationships as well especially like in marriages where there's like a deep commitment of uh, kind of like the allegiance part of it what kind of similar to family yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that marriage and, and situations that, that tie around covenant can be a little bit mm. different, right? So a boundary can look like an ultimatum within the covenant of marriage because it's about letting them know, hey, we are in this thing together, but I don't know if I can maintain holy proximity to you I see. if you continue to do this. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it, it, it still gives the person option. It's yeah. still the person because we can't control other people. And I think that um, sometimes the easy way to explain boundaries is about this is how you control other people's behavior. You <laughs> A, B, C, D, E, F, G. When really it's this is how I control what I share with other people. This yeah. is how I perceive what people can carry of mine with a sense of sacred respect. And this is how I act accordingly. Right. And so I think within mm-hmm. marriage, within close relationships, even with children, being able to say, mm-hmm. hey, I love you dearly and I want you to have access to this part of my heart. And there are moments where I'm going to share that with you because I want you to have an opportunity for growth in that. Right. Because yeah. learning requires making mistakes. So we have to tolerate other people's mistakes if we want our mistakes to be tolerated. But to say, hey, I'm going to have some boundaries around this and these are what the boundaries are. These boundaries are not to make you feel bad. These boundaries aren't to manipulate you into doing something. These boundaries are about saying, I love you so much. I'm not trying to put something on you that you can't handle well. Yes, I I think that's that's so key to understand and to know the distinctions between the boundaries and ultimatum. For sure. For, for people who are listening, they're like, okay, Kabe, like you said that um, you're telling me about the boundaries and ultimatums, but how about if they just crossed everything? They cross my boundaries. They keep giving me ultimatums and manipulating. I want to cut them off. Like when, when does it get to the point where the cutting off is okay or is cutting off like not really have any benefits? Well, I think that cutting off can have benefits for people who display, um, harmful, abusive tendencies, Mm -hmm. cutting off can be something that is useful, something that is holy. Um, And I like to remind people, specifically my Christian clients, like saying to someone, you no longer have access to me. Excuse me. Many times people say like, oh, I need to show grace. And I'm like, but grace (laughs) looks different in different seasons. Yes. It's a grace to not let someone continue to harm you. Mm. 
sometimes it's a grace to not let someone have any more memories of harming someone who reflects the image of God. That's a grace too. Wow. Right. That's a, yeah. that's a grace to say, I love you so much. I'm not even going to allow you to hurt, hurt another person. And I'm not even going to allow you to feel any more like someone who hurts people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And I, and I think that the, I mean, I thought you brought up such a good point of the grace part because I, there, as Christians, I think there's a lot of guilt when we feel, gosh, yes. You know, when we feel like we have to cut somebody off, because it's like, well, we need to show them compassion. We need to show them forgiveness. We need to show them grace. And you can. And I yeah. think the hard step is like, in order to give loving, like, in order to be loving to this person, you have to confront them. In order to give yeah. grace to this person, you have to remove them. And so, yes. yeah, when you said, when you said that, like, we we can guilt of the grace but learning that grace looks different every pe- on on in different seasons is a very key point absolutely absolutely and when we when we end up in a place where we are thinking about cutting someone off boundaries in any way whether it's saying i'm no longer connected to you or saying i'm decreasing the amount of information i give you access to is always meant to sustain our connection yes right? And if it's someone that you're cutting yourself off from, it's meant to increase our ability to see ourselves as God sees us. Does Mm. cutting this person off increase my ability to see myself the way God sees me? Does cutting this person off allow me to live and treat myself as the Imago Dei, as I know that I am, right? Because that has to be at the core of the question because it's very easy to cut people off out of punishment. Mm. With the hope that they actually come back. <laughs> like, I'm yes. cutting you off so that you feel guilty so that you come back. And wow. then I can use your fear of losing me again to manipulate you in relationship. Wow. No, I, I that is so, that is very common. And even when you're saying that, I, I've seen that, I've been in friendships that have been that way of, mm-hmm. I'm going to cut you off and it is more as a punishment. And then it's on me of like the fear of not, wanting to lose that relationship yep but how when i'm thinking about like myself or the other person when it's time to cut somebody off how do you do it without having that resentment piece and, and kind of having that mm. of being like you know what like you really crossed me and that's it and yeah. it, but it never just stays like that's it it's always kind of harboring in our hearts of oh forever that, yeah like that person did me <laughs> wrong it's a tally so <clears throat> how, how do you prevent the the releasing with still attachments yeah i think over communicating is powerful and over communicating mm. doesn't mean over exposing what our internal um, posture is but not letting idle space sit right like i had a, a really hard um friendship breakup a couple years ago and the person sent me a message and instead of just being silent I said hey I just want you to know I got this message I'm sitting on it and I'm thinking about it and I will get back to you right because it is okay to take time to think through things you don't have to do things immediately and you don't have to do things in the time that people tell you to that -hmm. friendship ended up being a friendship that I had to set a boundary and say hey I don't think this is helpful but I had I explained why I said you know this is something that I don't think is helpful and I I don't want to I don't want to fall into a place where I begin to see you as anything other than an image bearer of Christ. Yes. Right? Yeah. When, we, when we begin to remain in relationship with people, but the entire time we're dehumanizing them and we're missing the image of Christ in them, then maybe we shouldn't be connected to them. Maybe preserving the image of God in them is saying, I can't maintain proximity with you and hold that high esteem of you. And so I need to draw back so that I can continue to respect you. 
Yes. And, and that goes back to the point of kind of grace looks different with every person, every yep. season. And, and same with love, because if you are having so much resentment towards this person where you you're having like hate in your heart towards them yep. and looking at them other than as an image bearer, then it's loving for you to say, OK, we need to remove from this situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are, oh, so sorry. No, it's OK. I just said absolutely twice. That's all. Well, kind of going off of that, of the cutting people off, setting the boundaries, how do you know when you kind of, when you get into a new relationship that that you won't have previous wounds or you won't bring those previous wounds to the, to the next one? And, and I see this a lot with romantic relationships and friendship. Yeah. The people who have had like very disloyal friends, it, when they get into new friendships, it's like, oh, I need you to show me your loyalty all up front in the first week. Like, that's how I used yes. to operate. Of, show <laughs> yep. me it now before I even continue, because I, I can't even allow my heart to experience more betrayal in a sense. Or in relationships, it's the same thing of, I need you to show that I can trust you. So show me just tangible things of trust. And it, I realized, okay, wait a minute. This is actually attached from old wounds that I yeah. had. Yeah. Um, and so what are ways that you can kind of prevent some of those things of happening? Because I think those are, some of those things are good of like just having open conversation about trust and yeah. what that looks like um, and having loyalty. But then I do think it gets to a point, it, it kind of punishes the other person to For prove sure. things that they, they might not have to prove to you at that moment. Absolutely. And I'll say this, we will bring the wounds of the past into our, our next relationships. Yep. We, it's just a human thing. We we can't compartmentalize in that way, but we can also bring the wisdom mm. that we mm. gain from those wounds into our new relationship, right? Yeah. And I think that's why processing is so powerful, being able to say, hey, these are the things that really hurt me. These are the areas that are, where I'm still a little bit raw. These are the areas that I learned how I may need to grow a little bit or I don't respond to conflict as well as I thought I did. These mm -hmm. are the areas um, where I feel like I can be a little bit needy. These are the areas where I feel very secure and I know that I am a good friend. We will bring the wounds. The question is, will we bring the wisdom? Well, we bring the wisdom from the past relationships, from the past friendships, um, that and that requires the work of being a, aware. And you know, it's really powerful what you said because many of us are waiting for somebody else to atone for the wrongs of somebody we're no longer connected to. Goodness, yes. Like that—that that friend is long gone, and we're still so hurt by that. And so, someone new shows up, and we're saying, "Your job is to atone. Your job is to atone for the mistakes that this person I'm no longer connected to does." Right. And so what happens is the pain of the past becomes the center of the mm -hmm. connection. Right. Mm -hmm. It becomes the, the metric of whether that person's being a good friend or not. Right. And then we lose the capacity to see the different ways friendship can exist because the only way we're seeing it is through the lens of how we've had friendship before. Yeah. Yeah. And what's powerful is us talking about it. I'm saying, I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, in James, it says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. I don't even think sin just means the things we've done wrong. I think all the areas in our life that where anyone has missed the mark and it's affected us. When yeah. we talk about it, when we share, these are the areas that I can, when we make it something where my husband always says this, it's so powerful. He says, there's always two conversations going on, hmm. but are we willing to actually bring those two conversations to the front of the room? Right. When a friend says, hey, I'm busy. And then we see them on Instagram with somebody else. Uh -oh. There's two conversations going on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Am I going to say, am I going to say, Hey, like, so how is that thing you were busy with? Or I'm going to say, Hey, that kind of hurt to see you online. I know you don't have to tell me all your plans, but you know, I do have this history. I'm not trying to put it on you. I just want to put it up front because I don't want to develop any resentment. Some people are not going to like that. Yeah. Some people are going to say like, Oh, that's too much for me. Those aren't your people. (laughs) The people it's God sending you can deal Mm. with whatever you have at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That that is that is so good, and and, and I think, um, kind of the theme of what I'm hearing too is just like the over communication, like just communicating your needs yeah. can avoid a lot of these different things of happening. So even instead of seeing that friend that canceled on you because they said that um, they were too busy, let's say like with homework or whatever, and you see them out, just saying like, hey that hurt me instead of, oh, how are those, you know, kind of being passive mm-hmm. aggressive. Being How's safe. this person doing? I saw you hung out with them. Right. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, so the, the, the communication part is, is so key and, and just being honest on where you're at and being honest. If you like that, you are carrying past wounds from other relationships and gives the other person opportunity to love you and, and maybe even to, help assist some of those wounds of being like no like you can trust me like you you can trust me to to communicate with and me not getting upset with you or or writing you off instead of trying to rob them from those experiences absolutely and we miss the opportunity when we don't share we miss the opportunity to allow that person to be a part of a corrective emotional experience yeah right because for us to move on there has to be evidence that what we experience is not all we'll experience And those moments are called corrective emotional experiences. And oftentimes when we're vulnerable enough with our issues, we can help people and usher people into vulnerability with theirs. Mm. And maybe they need a corrective emotional experience with friendships. And maybe they need a a corrective emotional experience with with faith that we can help them with, that we can offer, that we can support them in. That's what true friendship is. It's it's laughter and joy, but it's also helping each other up when we're down and in a pit and we have to be unafraid of letting people be a part of our healing process. Mm. And that means making clear to them where our wounds are, obviously in a responsible and wise way. Yeah, that, that's very good. One of the ways um, that I kind of wanted to, to ask is how do we invite God into these moments of healing? Are there any mm-hmm. prayers or yeah. techniques or strategies because we've been talking a lot about um, kind of just what to do, what what to identify. But for people who are thinking, okay, like, I need to go to God about this first. Like, how, how would you tell them to, to begin that process? Absolutely. So I actually have a, and I'll, I'll share the link with you. I have a spiritual, um, well, it was a spiritual discipline. So what I have done is I've taken spiritual dif- disciplines, traditional spiritual disciplines, and I've married them with evidence-based therapeutic pra- practices. Wow. And I've created this little like handbook thing called Christian coping skills. Hmm. Um, and uh, I sell it on my website. I can share the link with you. But one yeah. of the things that's powerful is the practice of lament, right? The practice wow. of lament that of calling on God in a very specific way. I also have um, my version Bible app that's free. I'll send you the link too. Okay. Um, goes through the the practice of of lament, of going to God with your anger, because a lot of us don't know how to. We weren't taught to. We're just called to, like, we've been taught to cry during worship and then go home and pretend everything's okay. 
<laughs> you know, like yes, <laughs> to go to the altar, to to fall out, to be covered by a blanket, or to yep. pray or to weep, and then we think that that emotional release is all God cares about. But it, there's wow. more. He wants to dwell with us in the everyday pain and the sadness we carry in and out of meetings, and the sadness we carry even as we celebrate other people. But how do we do that? We lament, and so um, my U version uh, Bible uh, plan is called Cry Out. Mm. And it's about bringing your pain, your depression, your anxiety, your traumatic experiences to God um, through a lens of honest expression and through a development of hope. And so I think that's a powerful way to do it. One of my favorite things to do that's like really quick and easy anywhere you can do is centering prayer, which is simply just uh, the way I do it is I engage in diaphragmatic breathing. I explained that a little bit in um, the handbook, but essentially diaphragmatic breathing is belly breathing right and what that does mm-hmm. is it switches our bodies functioning from the fight flight freeze which is the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system which is the rest and digest so it calms our body oftentimes when we calm our body we kind of release the emotional tension that we have um as well and so first diaphragmatic breathing but then just closing your eyes putting your hand on your heart and saying holy spirit what is the thing i need right now what give me a word that expresses what i need right now Right. Mine is often safe or seen. Right. And just sitting there and breathing. And every time a thought of fear comes up, I say I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Every time a thought of sadness, I'm safe. Every time a thought of betrayal, of abandonment, I'm safe. I'm safe. And I do it for two or three minutes at a time. And I just speak a word to every single thought. Mm -hmm. Right. Speak a word. And like, you know, scripture talks about taking every single thought captive and it's about responding to those thoughts, not just saying I rebuke you, but saying I see you and there's a response to you. Yeah. 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 Those, those are great strategies and definitely send the link so um, we can just make it available to everybody to check Absolutely. it out. And, and, and I think um, the fact that you even integrate the prayer and um counseling evidence practices like together is is very good especially like with breathing exercises that's one of the things that I do and I like I will do it and be like be breathing and then also be like talking to God and releasing things a lot and so that's really good that you made that resource available thank you well one of the things I do uh before every guest um wraps up the episode is I just ask if you can pray Um, And so just be praying for the listeners that are going to be listening to this and also for the people who might just realize like, wow, I need to have hard conversations with some of the people that are in my space. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dad, thank you for being um, Jehovah Shammah. Thank you for being a very present help in our time of need. Thank you that when we need something, you're already there. Thank you that you anticipate our need before we even become aware of it, God. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would touch every single person whose ears are listening, God. Every single person who is uh, taking the time to listen to this podcast, God, even Diallo, thank you so much for pouring out in him, God, but everything that he's poured out be replenished, God. I pray that you would show Mm. yourself to be as kind, as gentle, as tender as you are, God. 
that these are eternal qualities of who you are, God. Let every single person be acquainted with that truth. Yes, God. In the darkest and deepest pain, in their hardest seasons, God, in the valleys where many of us have dwelled for so long, God, let us see that you are there too, God. It's you that says, if we make our bed in heaven or hell, you are there. There is no place that is beyond your reach, God. You say that the darkness is light to you. That means that you see it all. That means there's nothing you can't help us navigate, God. Let that truth permeate our hearts. Let truth be our hope. And let your joy in us be our strength, God. Thank you for loving us and seeing us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Kabe, for coming on and just giving us so much wisdom. I, I pray that this is very valuable for the people that are listening. Um, yes, and me it's too. been such a great time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And thank you, Kabeh, for coming on and being our guest. If you guys do not follow her already, please follow her at Kabeh Campbell underscore. That is K-O-B-E-C-A-M-P b-e-l-l underscore that is where you can find all the resources that she was able to list during the episode on to purchase her handbook and also to do the Version devotional if you do not already please go subscribe and comment on this ep- the, on this episode and for this podcast on whatever streaming platform that you are listening to this and also share with a friend share with loved ones and please follow us on instagram at in this moment underscore podcast well that is all for today i will catch you guys on the next one